Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Durio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who are careless with major awards. <laughs> uh, hey, Dave. Hey, Gene. Um, I've been accused of being careless with many things in my life. I'm trying to trying to recall if I've ever damaged an award, whether major or minor. Oh, I did. I had a soccer, uh, a soccer trophy from like age 10 that I played with the soccer ball until it fell off. So I am careless with uh, major or minor awards. My name is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zelak. You can find me at Producer Gene. And the only thing I'm careless with is a careless whisper. Um <laughs> uh, as you can yeah. tell, I've been listening to a lot of. Uh, it was Valentine's Day weekend, and uh, so I was listening to a uh, to a lot of eighties. Um, I'll be honest; I was listening to Delilah the other night. Um, <laughs> you know, oh, did you say Delilah? Yeah, love nice. someone tonight. That's I think her, that's her tagline. Okay. Yeah, uh, I learned everything I know about radio from Delilah. Let's be honest. Um, that woman that been, explains your sultry voice. I know she's been killing it for like three decades. So, um, yeah. Oh, also, if you want to find the show, it's at Potadelphia on Twitter. So you can tweet us your favorite 80s or Delilah dedication and I'll pass it along. Right on. Right on. It, I, what do you think about Brady tossing the uh, the Lombardi trophy you know, over uh, just a body of water like that? Does that mean, I mean, if anybody would know how to handle the Lombardi trophy, like its weight, its dimensions, the, the way it behaves, it would be Tom Brady, right? Yeah, even three sheets to the wind, he could, you know, calculate, you know, wind resistance and make sure that was on a smooth trajectory. I mean, what does he care? He has six, <laughs> he has six spare ones. You know, what happens if it falls to the bottom of the sea? Some, I'm sure, some one of those knuckleheads in Tampa Bay would have gone down there and got it. Um, yes. And then it would have been in like Joe Schmo's uh, living room, being like, "I got the Brady Lombardi right here. You can come <laughs> see it. It's a I little rusty. It. It's a little rusty, but you can come and see it." Chuck, I guess you're the one to ask this. What I mean, off the top of your head, what is the worst, the worst thing the Stanley Cup has endured? Um, the Stanley Cup has been pooped in um, <laughs> by uh, a human. I've, Yes, by a human, by a baby, probably an adult too. But but we can confirm that it was someone's baby. I believe that happened actually more than once. Many babies have been baptized in the Stanley uh, Cup. Are you sure you weren't potty trained with the Stanley Cup? I was not. I was not. They're you know um, just just about three years too late. Um, three four years too late. That relegates the Stanley Cup to the status of like a Wawa cup that you find in the back of the car. You're like, oh my god, I gotta go so bad. Like, what do I have back here? It's like, oh, Wawa twenty ounce paper cup. It'll have to do. I mean, this is a baby that went in it, and then B, I, I like, do you poop in a Wawa cup? I mean, like, a twenty like, ounce has got a big enough mouth. I think you can make it work. It's not the it's not the mouth. It's the volume. I, <laughs> I'm concerned about. Um, but back to the Stanley Cup. I believe it ended up um, at the bottom of a lake. I know it ended up at the bar, bottom of Mario Lemieux's pool in bed with Sidney Crosby. It's uh, has sure. it been the Studio 54? I think it might have been the Studio 54 as well. So. Yeah, there's a lot of DNA on that thing, is what we're saying. <laughs> I was thinking about the Tom Brady thing, and I can say this as a person who's uh, done some stupid stuff with a lot of shots of Goldschlager in them. Um, and I, the main thing is, you have to be happy that he was the person throwing the the, oh. the trophy and not the one trying to catch it, because we know that. Oh. That's, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Bad hands. Um, all right. So enough about Tom Brady. We talked enough about him last week. Uh, let's talk about the Flyers. Uh, I mean, what, what is happening? I haven't seen them in a long time. Dude, they've, uh, have been undefeated since that Capitals game. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, only before that, right? So they, they got back on the, the winning streak with the Capitals and, um, Travis Sanheim is on a winning streak. He has left the COVID <laughs> restriction lift list currently on it and we are recording on tuesday mardi gras fat tuesday uh the 16th of february 2021 
<laughs> this will probably be different when you listen to it. But so far, currently out, uh, Claude Giroux, uh, Braun, Voracek. They list Frost here, but he was injured anyway. I guess he has COVID, and that, that sucks to be injured and COVID. Um, Oscar Lindblom. Um, hypothetically, his immune system should be fine now, but that's still scary. Um, Scott Lawton and Travis Konechny. Coming back off the list and hopefully returning to practice tomorrow is Sean Couturier, Phil Myers, uh, and Nick Albay kubel I think I've been listening to too many school closing lists. I had very much that cadence going for me there. Queen um, is daycare, two-hour delay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll consider uh, Coots, Myers, and NAK uh, a two-hour delay. So, yeah. Oh, man. The Flyers got the Rona. And they uh and they have a game Thursday that we believe is going to be played, correct? Against the Rangers. Yeah, it's all indications are that game will be played unless more names go onto the list. They must feel pretty confident that that's not going to happen. I I don't quite know why they're confident that's not going to happen, but hopefully no more names go on that list. And if that's the case, yeah, the Flyers will play the Rangers on Thursday. Um, they will now, be so any of those guys that you mentioned that are on the COVID list currently, do we expect them to come off for this game, or we, nope. they, we expect them to still be on the COVID list? We expect them to still be on the COVID list. AV was saying he was counting them out. I don't right. know. If this that's is a great definitive. opportunity for Cam York. <laughs> well, um, he's not exactly in how we wanted him to make how, how we wanted him to make his debut, I guess. Well, it's not, and he won't be. <laughs> um, we we don't really need the the defenseman. It's we're just missing Braun, um, and uh, Derek Pouliot um, is on the taxi squad now. Um, maybe Zade Williams. Lighting it up, uh, two goals. Uh, Zade will, uh, Zade wisdom, Zade wisdom, lighting up at the Phantoms with two goals. Um, that'd be fun if he came up. He won't be. Um, right now we have David Kasha and a handful of other people, but we are missing four out of our top nine forwards. So, so. Is, is this cause for like uh, some some uh, some local uh, firefighter uh, league that's over in Cherry Hill to to start <laughs> holding like an open call? Uh, is it going to be like, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Invincible style? Will there be like uh, luchador masks and skates uh, trying to attract the attention of AV as uh, every South Jersey, uh, you know, meathead tries to. Uh, We're tailgating the Flyers tryouts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll break out green man. We're doing it. <laughs> Got to be orange man. And orange Gene, man. Yeah, that's right. And Gene, man, you love nothing more than a good hockey story. <laughs> Like you, you would do for a good three years in Ontario when it's like just the boy coming off the pond onto the, the yeah. rink. You're a sucker for that. I, I do. I love that shit. <laughs> we won't be seeing any of that, but the Phantoms game for Friday has been postponed because too many Phantoms are going to be on the flyers and on the taxi squad. So that's, yeah. that's not great, but uh, it's why are they there? Matchup. It's why they're there. Yeah, it's why they're there, and it's a good matchup. I mean, the the Rangers have probably been playing the worst hockey in the division. It's gotten a little better, but they're they're probably the weakest team in the division. We haven't played them yet. This will be the first time. So to get your legs back under you, there certainly can be worse opponents like the Boston Bruins at Lake Tahoe. Yeah, when's that game? That's that's the, Sunday. That's, that's the, yeah, Sunday. the twenty first, right? Yep. So, how does that series work? Like, are we playing two that day? How 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 does it, or is it just nope. just one? This is what they're doing in lieu of a Winter Classic this year. Um, two outdoor games at Lake Tahoe. Uh, Lake Tahoe, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. The Saturday game is don't hold me to this. Um, it's Vegas versus somebody. Um, I, I forget. It's Vegas versus somebody. On the Saturday game, Sunday is Flyers versus Bruins, unless somebody else gets sick on the Flyers, and then it's going to be the Rangers uh, going to Lake Tahoe. So no, no fans at Tahoe. No, no fans. I mean, may, maybe they have they'll maybe they'll have like little bandstand of 
yeah you know people's family or team you know people but no no real fans. have you seen have you seen anything about like you know what the setup looks like there i ha- i haven't i haven't i've just seen aerial shots it'll be on the 18th hole i don't know but 18th or, or 9th hole mm-hmm. one of the ones that like sort of end the course looking out onto a, a lake it will not be played on the lake. There's no way they can do that safely or guarantee that they do it safely. Um, but it'll be looking out from the golf course onto the the lake there. The Boston Bruins have drowned in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> oh, a gritty will be coming. Uh, gritty will be at Lake Tahoe, so that yes. should be fun. He's going whether it's the Flyers or the Rangers. He'll, he's he's, <laughs> he's either going to be rooting on the Flyers or tormenting the Rangers. You know, that's a good thought, Gene, because... Gritty's official Twitter just—he didn't mention anything about the Flyers. He said, "I need some me time. I'm taking a vacation. <laughs> I, I all I do is give and I give and I give and I need to take care of me." <laughs> so he's going to Lake Tahoe. So I mean, I, I am interested in seeing Gritty sort of out in nature. Yeah, <laughs> and that's not—we haven't gotten to see very much of that. Gritty in the woods. No. It's natural habitat. I don't know if that's his natural habitat. I thought his natural habitat was like rafters and stadiums. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, that's, I think that's where he was born and lived canonically. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be fun it to see. Was gritty him. bred in captivity? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Are you gritty? <laughs> <laughs> well, Gritty's dad, Yuppie, is still in control of all of his finances, <laughs> and that's just a mess. It really is. Oh man, that's like Dustin Diamond's parents. Oh, I didn't. I didn't oh yeah, like they kept all his money and stuff. He only got like a pittance from his child actor days and stuff. I just don't want to see and Gritty fall in that same. Yeah, I don't want to see him fall in that same same trap. Uh, okay. Is there anything else we need to talk about the Flyers before we? Here, here is a, a, a question about the NHL, though. I mean, with the Flyers now missing, have, having missed so many games, how are we supposed to tell where they are in the standings? They're going to be. I mean, that's a lot of math for an idiot like me. Well, thankfully, the NHL has done it for you. Um, <laughs> on the website, they now list um, point percentage. Um, the Flyers have a. 0.692 uh, points percentage, and that puts them second in division. They're also second in the division by points. Um, but it's Even having it's missed there. all this time, they're still second in the division. In so they're saying That's they're right. saying of the possible number of points you could have obtained, mm-hmm. you're at this percentage of points that you uh, that you've earned of that. Correct. Correct. And then the that's flyers. how they determine who's in first place in in this division. That's what really matters currently it's still listed by points but to throw points out the window i can't i can't see the nhl making up as many games as they need to in this time frame um so just trust points percentage um and yeah the flyers have won uh 69.2 of their games oh yeah nice yeah um but so that's what really matters um, I mentioned. I know. I, I had. I felt like I felt morally obligated to make that joke because it's just such a Twitter staple, and I felt like somebody at at, at home would be listening to this and be upset that uh-huh. we uh, we missed that opportunity. I wasn't proud of it. I, I never said we, we never miss an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. But um, now Flyers are hanging around second. And Gene, like you said. The Flyers have missed a lot of games, but so have the Devils. Um, consequently, so have the Caps, so have the Rangers. A lot of games have been uh, – Buffalo has missed several games. So and it's that I mentioned the way on the – The setup is if, if one team's sick, then their opponents obviously don't get to play either. Correct. They played each other, and because they were exposed to each other – See, you know, it it sort of works a little bit to the division's favor since you're not sort of crossing into these other divisions. They can sort of continue on with the schedule and you still have a product to put on every night, uh, even if you've got one division sort of shut down. Well, is a team, you know, the Flyers have been off for so long. Is that an advantage? I don't know. It's for the Flyers. I don't think it's an advantage, especially since they were just finally getting their footing back. 
So you hate to see, okay, the Flyers are looking like they're finally trending in the right direction. Hey, everybody, take a week off. Mm-hmm. You know, that injuries, though. Uh, well, there are injuries like Couturier getting healthy. That's good. Right. Frost is not coming back anytime soon. That doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But Couturier getting more rest is good. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a big thing in the long run. I was going to say is, uh, Gene, on your point, they have this division alignment for exactly this reason, to keep them segregated, to keep you know disease outbreaks to one division at the very least, and you know they do these series now. I forget who it was. I think it involved the Blues. I could be wrong, um, but just finished a seven-game series out west. So their their opponents couldn't what? play. So they just said, "Keep going." Wow. So they they rescheduled games on the fly to just keep playing you know, two healthy teams to keep playing and that could happen uh, again. Um, But if let's say I wouldn't be down with that at all. If, if that was my team, uh, I would say, no, 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 no. We're we're taking the rest. That's not our fault (laughs) that our opponents can't, you know, yeah, but you might get socially distance or whatever. You're not going to play more games than them i would get or not many they're not gonna make up all these games so no they're not they're not that's that was the point i was gonna make about the point percentage and the other point on that but that's my point to the advantage like is a team that has had covid issues throughout the season do they have less wear and wear tear tires come playoff time well that's the point i was gonna make i think it'd be more of a divisional concern so let's say the east division plays you know, eight fewer games than the Canadian division. Right. That could be a big advantage when we get to what would be the Stanley Cup semifinals. That could be, that could definitely be a big advantage. So do you think they're going to ensure that everyone in the division plays the same number of games as everyone else in the division? However, they're not going to hold that division beholden to the same number of games as every other division. I think that's plan number one. And that's just going off of my own logic and, I mean, it makes sense. I, heard. I think plan number one is to try to get the division lined up. And if for some reason that can't happen, then it's just going to be points percentage. But I think just with the current setup, if they can go, you know, all right, the, the Penguins need one more game. Philly needs three. Devils need three. Buffalo needs one. Maybe they might even change up the opponents just to make it right. work out that you've played the same amount of games. I think that would be the first goal. Second goal would just be points hmm. percentage. Yeah. Does anyone know what happens to the TV revenue? Is there any concessions that get made with that? Does, do, do do teams get less money if they play fewer games that are televised? I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't expect anyone to know. I'm just asking the question because I hadn't I, thought about it until just now. I don't know, but I know it was something talked about. Um, especially going into the bubble and um, with the regular season being canceled so late into um, that season, you know, it was amended, but we were halfway through March. The NHL only had another month. So these local um, rights holders were missing out on revenue from these games. So there was the thought that that round Robin um, mm-hmm. series and to a lesser extent the play-in series that was being done for local revenue mm-hmm. but I, I can't swear to that I can't even recall if if that's how that worked out but there was talk about that let, let me ask you guys this the United States of America currently is vaccinating 1.6 million people per day um, I know there's a lot of sensitivity around like when can I get the vaccine you know when am I eligible to get the vaccine um, how would you feel if the United States said, look, we're going to, we're going to vaccinate all pro athletes right now. So, you know, your games will be on when you want them to be on the schedule will be fine. You know, you can gamble, whatever, all your bets will be, you know, based on the actual games on, you know, like all this stuff, you schedule this stuff, you can count on it happening. Uh, we're just going to do that just to ease the bur- ease the road for the rest of the way. And, Think about it this way. We're vaccinating 1.6 million people a day. Pretend you have to wait one extra day to get your vaccine. <laughs> like, I mean, like, would you would you sign up for that? Or would you think like, no, wait your turn 
pro athlete. You can be just like everybody else. I think the optics for the leagues would probably be bad. I think that especially some of the more socially conscious leagues. Um, so not the NFL. Um, I, I think that they want to, you know, give off a, you know, we're, we're all in this together. We're all united sort of sort of vibe. So I don't know that they would necessarily be able to get the play. And it's what it would come down to is that you're going to have to get the players unions to sort of buy into this. I also think that you're going to find, because uh, you always do when you start to uncover, you know, turn over these rocks, um, you're going to find that there are some of your favorite athletes that don't necessarily have the same beliefs in vaccination <laughs> you do. And um, cool. I know that you're going to be able to mandate that all these athletes get, get vaccines because I think some of these athletes, they may opt out and that may create sort of a, uh, a, a shitstorm, for lack of a better term that you're not really expecting. Fair point. And that is a fair point. Um, yeah, I don't think it would re realistically happen just because of what Gene said. And I know the NHL said, Oh, we're not looking to jump in line. Personally, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> Personally, I'd be, uh, I'd be fine with it. Um, not just for my own entertainment, but for the entertainment of the world. I mean, there is this is comfort food for so many people, and they they're plotting on through TV and film production so that people have something to watch. Well, and so again, to make money. No, All I, this I hear, and I'm not even money, just but, I'm not even just talking about sports too. I mean, like you know, look if you want to. They vaccinate the cast of Survivor before they go. Yeah. What is it, 20 people? Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, but by the time all this happens in the summer, it's like there's going to be so many people vaccinated. It's just going to all come out in the wash, I feel like. You know, you're talking about like one day. Like, oh my God, like one day. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think the, the mental health benefits of routine yeah. are huge. I can't tell you how happy it made me to find out that they, they taped the new season of Top Chef. It's not coming around until I think April first, right? But there was a show that I was worried that I'm like ah, we're not going to get a new season of Top Chef. I really look forward to that in the spring. Thank God, something you know. Thank God. Yeah. That, that I, I feel bad for these players. I feel callous that they're they're risking their health. But I gotta tell you, it's good to be able to. I've missed not being able to turn the flyers. I've missed you know having only one team in town and they're not in town. They're on the West coast. Like it, it just so much comfort to be able to throw on a game when I get home, you know, it just for, for my mental health, for the nation's mental health, I say, let's vaccinate the athletes. Who I, will not get vaccinated. Sign me up. I'm into it. <laughs> uh, keep us talking about stuff. I don't want to talk. I don't have another week where I have to talk about a team that didn't play for a week. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It sucks. <laughs> um, you know what else sucks? When one of your all-time legendary players <laughs> goes on to be a general manager of your rival. Yes, indeed. And we didn't talk about this last week. No, we didn't. Um did it happened before we aired last week, or it, yes, yeah. it did. I think it was the day. Yeah, I think probably right before. We were yep. the day before, but yeah, I, I mean, I, it was on the agenda. We just didn't get around to it. Um, I mean, how does this make you feel? I'll let Gene lead with that because this is personal for him with Penguins hatred and uh, Hexall love. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, uh, you know, I not I unabashedly and unashamed uh, went to the Hexall, uh, you know, when he had his. Um, I don't think it was a number retirement, but he was, I guess, inducted into the to the Flyers Hall of Fame. I was at the I was at the building and, uh, you know, I, I sort of was in, in the crowd sort of cheering and and weeping and and, um, you know, sort of celebrating who was probably one of my very first favorite athletes. He sort of embodied everything that made me sort of love Flyers hockey. He he had an attitude. He he scored goals when he was a goaltender, which, you know, I, I love when, when, you know, things that I root for do things that are unusual and seem superhuman. Um, granted scoring goals as a goaltender against open nets, less superhuman than, you know, like web crawling or, uh, flying, but you know, to, to my seven or eight year old mind, it seemed, uh, incredible. Um, 
you know, and I just have such vivid memories of Hextall like going after players, like um, taking suspensions, his second tour of duty coming back and, and, and playing, um, you know, so well in that second time around and then becoming our general manager and rooting for him to sort of resurrect what was a, a, a team that was on the decline. So, you know, I, I'm sad about the way that the, uh, the marriage ended between the Flyers and, and Ron Hextall as a GM. I, I knew someday he'd, he'd get another job. I was always hoping it would be someplace again, like LA or San Jose, or maybe even one of the Canadian teams. Um, to see him go to not only a rival, like, but the Penguins, like, man, that is like, there is nothing in my DNA that is yellow and black. Like there is, there is nothing in me that can make me want to celebrate anything good happening to the Penguins. So, um, you know, for his tenure in Pittsburgh, he, he is the enemy as far as I'm concerned. Gene, our foremost uh, rival team hatred expert. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think he. I think he owns that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. I don't feel as passionately about it. I. I don't like it. It's no fun to see Hex all over with the Penguins, but I don't feel that passionate about it. What I do feel is, it's fun to root against him. You know. Oh. Yeah, because he left on uh, such a weird, sour note yeah. that to go to Pittsburgh, it was like, you know, when he left the Flyers or when he was fired from the Flyers, it was like, oh, I have all these conflicted emotions. He goes to the Penguins. Like, thank you for unconflicting me. <laughs> you know, it, you were no shape to play a hero. So you're going the Richard III role and playing the villain. Right. Embrace it. I will hate well you. Um, you know, I'll root against you. It'll be great. So, um, the, obviously we have to compare this to relationships, uh, you know, ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, whatever. Um, is this more like, oh yeah, well you, good luck with that Pittsburgh, because let me tell you something. It looks good. Looks good now, but wait till, you know, the bloom is off the rose and, you know, he's not doing the dishes, you know, and the, it's, you know, uncomfortable walking around the house in, in, at night. Yeah, whatever. I, I don't even know how to draw that out it's any further. It's uncomfortable walking around the house and like, you just feel this tension between you. Like, you still love him, but you kind of hate him a bit. And, like, you don't know what to do with it's that. Like, stop. Stop watching Forged in Fire. Like, let's watch something legitimate. Like, stop it. <laughs> I, I think it might be a little bit of one of those things where, you know, this was, you know, for some of us it might be this is this is that girl in high school that you you got to date, but then you went off to college and, and you, you, you sort of parted ways and you thought you might get back together in your 20s and it just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, and you end, uh, you know, and she ends up with, uh, you know, with a guy in town and you still have to see her all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's rich and he's got all these Stanley cups and, <laughs> um, you know, he always wants you to like, come over and see them. And you're like, bro, I, I have my own Stanley cups. I granted they're old, but like I do have them, you know, they're in the garage, you know, but you know, I'll get a new one when I get a new paycheck, when I get a paycheck or whatever, you know, and you ended up with the girl who's, who, you know, you know, you met on Tinder uh, and knocked up. So, you know, that's the, you know, we all make decisions. We all have to live our lives because that does seem like a Flyers fan move. You know, you think you're, you, 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 you swipe right just to, just to sort of get through the night and, uh, you know, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm exposing too much about my personal life. But uh, oh my god, yeah, so. let's let's get through this night. Um, <laughs> this segue has gone off the rails, Dave. What were you trying to get to before Gene and I got well? In before the couch? I move on, I just wanted to say, like, oh, we're looking for a new coach, uh, Ron. Like, what do you got? It's like, well, uh, there's this guy who runs a, a, an equipment store that my kids used to buy all their hockey equipment from who knows quite a bit about the sport. I think he'd be a good fit. 
But anyway, uh, I was trying to draw an analogy here for us on you know, this uh, this post Valentine's Day episode about people in our you know people involved with our sports teams that have broken our heart or betrayed us uh, somehow. So I thought you know for a Valentine's Day esque episode we could talk about. Those figures uh, that we've come across in our our experience as Philly sports fans that have that have broken our heart. So All we've each, we've each you know kind of come up with a few examples, and uh, I don't know who wants to kick it off. How about you kick it off, Dave? You never kick things off. Me. I'll kick it off. Okay. Um, I'm gonna oh, should I do this one because I'm just gonna steal it from Gene. Um, I want to talk about I, I first. The first one that came to my mind was Scott Rowland, and was he on anyone else's list? He was no. number four. He was number no. four. Okay, all right. So he I'm glad I brought him up. Six six to me. He was number five or six for me. So Scott Rowland was that player after the '93 team that I like was finally able to latch on. It's like. You know, we suck at scouting. <laughs> it's really always terrible. We finally have this homegrown guy that we brought. He wins rookie of the year. I don't think I've ever seen a Philly win rookie of the year before. You know, he plays that storied position in Philadelphia history of third base. You know, he's won gold gloves here. He's been an, he's been an all-star here. Um, we go to re-sign him. Turns down two offers, one for seven years, 90 million, one for 10 years, 140 million, which is juggernaut cash uh, back in, I don't know, what was this, like, oh, two, oh, three, something like that, um, to go to to go to the Cardinals. And, and then he utters the immortal phrase that Gene has dropped on this show. Baseball Gene, heaven. I'm going to go I've, to baseball. I've gone to baseball heaven, baby. And then... Not only that, you know, obviously the Cardinals had tons of success while he was there. I got to read some article where he was like, he'd be willing to come back to the Phillies in 08. You know, we got Pedro Feliz to play the position, but Scott Rowland would have been willing to come back then where it was kind of like, you know, all right, buddy, you know, take a hike. <laughs> like, you you know, I, 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 I knew where your thoughts, you know, where your mind was when it, when it really mattered, when the times were lean. You know, this is through sickness and health, richer and poor. You know, you were not around. So um, for that, I felt like Scott Rowland, who, who was my favorite Philly at that time, really just tore my heart out. Yeah, I completely agree. He was supposed to be like the first of something. He was supposed to be yeah. the the building block for something great. And I mean, it's not his fault that nothing great was built around him, but it is his fault that he didn't give it more time. So yeah, Scott Rowland was a big love you and now I hate you. Imagine what that thing. team would have been though with Scott Rowland there too. I mean, yeah. they've been like the greatest infield in, uh, obviously, in Philly's history because because you know, <laughs> it was without Jeff the greatest infield in Philly's history, yeah. anyway. So, yeah. well, that right. would be you see where he would have slotted into that lineup too. You know what I mean? I guess you'd be yeah. worth down or something. No, it would have been an interesting thought experiment. Who's next? Uh, let's go, to Gene. Gene, who's up for you? Okay, uh, I'm gonna do uh, one of my. Uh, this is the one I, th I think maybe one of you guys might steal, but um, the, the, the Eagles team, and I think it was the O three team that lost to T uh, Rondé Barber specifically uh, yeah. the last game at the vet. Um, that was, uh, that was Oh one Oh two. No, no, no. I think it was, it was either. Oh, it was, I think it was Oh three. I think it was the yeah. O season and the, it was actually January of Oh three. The reason I remember this is because oh, yeah. it was the day I, I was a winter graduation from college. So um, I graduated on a Sunday morning from from university. Uh, and uh, I remember being uh, marching out of the convention center to the Phillies um, organ player who was brought down specifically to play the Eagles fight song. Uh, as we marched out, my oh. we're, we're green and white, and uh, talk about like getting yourself fired up. You, you, you've, you've got your diploma. Your school colors are green and white. You've been, you've been discharged into the world as an adult um, with the Eagles' fight song, and then to come home 
and uh, settle in to watch that game with my pop. Oh man, what a what a way sort of to go down. There is no reason not to believe had they advanced past that game that they would not have gone on to win the Super Bowl. I absolutely one hundred percent. That was the Raiders Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah, the Buccaneers yeah. went on to beat the Raiders, and um, you know, to to have it happen the way that it did, the you know, the idea of of the last game at the vet leading to um, a world championship would have just the first world championship. It would have been insane. That was a very good Eagles team uh, by all accounts. And uh, like I said, I, I really do believe that they would have gone on and won the Super Bowl that year. Um, and I, I just cannot forget that interception. Uh, it's, it's, it's called the, you know, the Barber game or the Tampa Bay game. And, and you remember all week leading up to it, they just told you how there was no possible way that Tampa Bay could travel and beat anybody in January. It just wasn't possible. Yeah, um, they never beat a team outdoors below 40 degrees or something. Yeah, yeah, it just was not a thing that it yeah. would ever happen. Um, which is an asinine statistic, but, um, <laughs> But that's what they kept pumping. I mean, I think in the middle of the game, they were still like, well, the temperature might drop a few more degrees, which will uh, automatically deduct uh, six <laughs> from Tampa Bay. So the Eagles should be fine. Um, no, but I mean, I, I think there's not a whole lot more to say to that other than, uh, you know, there was a lot of options for that era of Eagles. That one personally hurt the most. And I Do think you it was shoulder anyone with that. Do you shoulder McNabb with that? Andy Reid? I mean, I guess uh, those are really the options. That's really your option. I, I think that I maybe Reed, because I feel like he just didn't have the right game plan. I don't think that he he was quite ready for, for Grudog, for Chucky in that game. Um, it, it, it was a bad day. It was yeah. a bad day for the Eagles. You know, it's one of those things where you, you sort of get you get maybe you were smelling your own headlines. You, you you get caught in a spot, you get you get beat by a team that just is having a better day. Um, I don't know, man, but it, that one stung. That one stung. Yeah, well, Gene, I know I, I mixed you up a little, or I got mixed up, because that was a contender for mine, but I actually picked the year after. Oh, okay. Now I picked the year after. 03-04 lost to Carolina. Oh, yeah, that's the ones where you blame the the, uh, the cornerbacks. <sighs> well, that one, I, I, for the only time in my life, and I hope it remains the only time in my life, went back to a bar the next day to apologize for my language. <laughs> the the Eagles lost 14 to 3. Oh god. I think McNabb was 10 for 22 throwing. I screamed catch bad. the fucking ball <laughs> repeatedly the whole game and I think what makes it different than the the Bucks game was I was I was getting paranoid leading up to, to the Bucks series game, leading up to the Bucks game, because they kept saying they have never won, you know, under this temperature. I'm like, well, that's that's a jinx. That's a horrible jinx. And it wasn't yet the Eagles as this force in the in the NFC yet. You know, against Tampa, they had been to one previous NFC championship game the year before against the Rams. Uh, against Carolina, we've gone. This is our third straight NFC Championship game, and like, who the hell is this Carolina team? You know, they're like Jake they're like the loom, yeah, they, like a footnote of history. And this was our time, our year, and it was so maddening. And I think that's a, a theme with mine. It's going to be. Big build up and big letdown. Like I had so much hope. I had so much hope so that that was. I'll the ask you the same question. Do you put it on McNabb, Reed? Uh, I put it on. In retrospect, I put it on Reed because I don't like him. <laughs> um, uh, but the serious answer, I'd put it on Reed just because. What did we? What did we blame him for at the time? In game adjustments. You know, it, it was always, I need to be better prepared or I need to change it to halftime. You know, I need to, I need to do a better job of adjusting to a defense that wasn't letting us throw the ball. Right. So they needed to do something and they put up a field goal. That was it. And it was not like the Eagles were a low scoring team. So that 
I, I'd put it on Reed. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably put it on the Reed. Reed, and also we didn't have any wide receivers. The next year we went out and got To. I mean, and we're so, talking about home, home championship games, right? Like yeah. the, outside of the Rams game, the the other three were all all in Philadelphia. So yeah, I mean that's those those are tough to swallow. I mean, I think yeah, you got. I think we're we're seeing how we interpret these because mine are very like person centric. Like you <laughs> did this thing to me, to me you did this. So I'll, I'll keep it going with the Eagles though. So I'm gonna put um, I'm actually gonna put Norman Brayman in. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm making it like the pen about you're gonna be in my pen my Valentine's heart box. Um, <laughs> Your like shaped box maybe. My <laughs> heart shaped box. Um, how do you let Reggie White walk away? This would have been, <laughs> this was the first time I ever saw my father cry. I mean, it's mental. I I think that there were there there, there were attempts, to sign, but honestly, if if <laughs> could you imagine this happening in like today's sports environment, like just let a obvious Hall of Famer in, like. Not not prime, but not certainly not twilight of their career. Like sort of I mean, like you want to be important parts of Super Bowl winning teams after. Yeah, that. I mean you're like maybe sixty percent through the greatness, which you know still leaves a lot to to be you know a lot of meat left on that on that Reggie White bone. Um, but just to, it's just inconceivable. It's like and, and who who the f are you? This like used car dealership creep from florida like trying to block stadiums from being built in florida just i mean tearing tearing the guts out of of fans up here in philadelphia it's like thank god that guy got out of the you know the the, the philadelphia sports ownership business where he had absolutely no place um no place being whatsoever so i mean i just think like it's just i mean that's it's just gut-wrenching that reggie white wore another uniform in the end, I mean, like the Packers, it's pretty. I mean, it felt like pretty innocuous, and that was actually was that the first Super Bowl we all watched together. It or, might have been Chuck, you and I, I think maybe, probably. Yeah, I guess um, that was what ninety eight, then ninety seven, ninety eight. I think it's ninety six, ninety seven. Well, then we wouldn't have known each 97, other. 97, 98. Maybe it was 97, 98. But anyway, it was like right around that. I mean, that's how old we were. You know, we were just going into college, and so. Uh, you know, we had a great affinity towards those those Eagles teams and the, that defense there. And it's just, I mean, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. And it, it was a good call with uh, Brayman there because, you know, when you first mentioned this, you know, getting your heartbroken topic, I thought of a lot of players who left. And Reggie was up there, but Reggie didn't break my heart. You know, it wasn't, I didn't fault him for leaving. You know, they, they should have done everything possible to keep him. They should have backed up however many money trucks he needed or make whatever player personnel changes they needed to. It's not like the Eagles had won anything. It's not like, right. hey, we got our Super Bowl. You want this? Nah, you know, have a have a great career. But that was a good call there. I wouldn't have thought to do that. But because I Reggie White leaving, and then I think he was on cover of SI the very next season. You know him and Favre, like starting. Well, I know that life. when he would laugh, there was that there was the um, he was on the cover, uh, and it was like a like a paper doll thing. So you like all the mm -hmm. jerseys that he you know for the teams that he could go to, right? Um, that, that was the the SI cover uh, that that I I remember. Yeah. But yeah, terrible. Gene, yeah. what you got? Who else you got? Uh, I, I'm going to put, um, and I, maybe this is one of those things where I, I, we, I don't think we've put in a particular uh, enemy combatant or an enemy player yet. Um, I'm going to go with the less obvious, more recent Canadian, uh, and I'm going to say Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah. The quadruple doink has quickly become one of those moments in sports I will not watch. No matter how many times they replay it, my hand cannot get to uh, a remote fast enough. There's another moment in Toronto that I, sure. I can tell you how many times I have watched that because it's only three. And the one time I had to because I was in the goddamn Hall of Fame and they had it blasted. <laughs> um, so 
I, I, I fear that this is the sort of thing, you know, with, with Kawhi Leonard being as good of a player that he is, he's not, he's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, and, and that, you know, watching every time I did see that, that ball sort of bounce around to a certain degree, it felt like it was a uh, karmic payment for all of the luck that the Eagles had sort of accrued over their 17 run as if, mm-hmm. um, you know, somehow that Nick Foles lightning in a bottle. This was sort of like the 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 cork falling into the bottom of that 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 jug of wine finally, um, and 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 making everything sour. Because honestly, you know, that's another case where, and I know that that was not the NBA, you know, that wasn't the Eastern Conference Finals. But you got to think the way that Milwaukee played in that, the Sixers could have sort of made the same run that Toronto did. And then, you know, Ben and Joel sort of ascend a little earlier than they they would have. You know, and, and we all have talked about it at length that the Jimmy Butler experiment may not have been anything that was going to last for a long time. But by that point in the playoff run, it had seemed to have figured something out. They had sort of acquired some sort of momentum, and they took the eventual champions of the NBA to – the seventh game last second. So it's a good team. Um, and much, much like, um, you know, and I just hate Toronto, you know, as much as I liked being there to visit, I, I just hate their sports teams uh, because they, you know, quietly seem to find these moments where they can really twist the knife on me. So Kawhi Leonard, you can go in my heart shape. box. There's something, <laughs> there's something very unique about that, about that play. Um, and I, it, it's one of the few moments in my life that I could say, like, I felt my blood run cold as it was happening. And I think it is the quadruple doinkness of it that your actual brain, like the synapses in your brain have time to fire back and forth and back and forth and then have a realization occur that, yeah, it's going in. I mean, it's just it's just un- unbelievable. Um, <laughs> that's great. Uh, uh, Jason has video of it on his phone from Toronto, but no one wants to see it. I, yeah. you, can, you can you can count me in that in that number too. I don't yeah. ever want to yeah. see it again. But Kawhi, I, Kawhi Leonard's mom probably wants to see it. That's about it. <laughs> it is tattooed in my brain, and that feeling of my body going cold is something I'll never forget in my like sports lifetime. And when I tell, you know, my grandchildren about that, uh, that's going to be, I mean, it's such a, I mean, it's such a visceral moment. I can paint the picture, but I don't, I don't ever need to see it again. You know what I mean? You don't need to, you don't need to, it's there. Everything, you know, I got it. It's on my, it's on my chest. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need to watch it. I mean, the only thing that would have made that, even more heightened were to make it a like conference championship or NBA finals. I mean, that's the right. only thing yeah. that could make that even more traumatic like add that weight. It really, I mean, in hindsight, it really does take on, I mean, it is the moment. Oh, the I, fact that the Raptors won the championship, uh, you know, certainly adds, you know, gravity to it that we didn't know at the time. But if you think about that playoff run, that is the moment that, that you get, you get shown, you don't get seen see nearly as many highlights from that finals or, or almost anything at all from that. Well, if you're a Raptors fan, you're like, wow, it came that close to, you know, I I think the only other thing that would have made it more dramatic would be if it was to win or lose. Right. I mean, if he misses, they go to overtime and, you know, who knows what happens, but um, yeah, that's a tough moment. (laughs) Yeah. The, the only thing that maybe makes it, slightly more painful than not being in the conference finals was that they didn't even make it that far. You know, they were, Oh God, I, I don't want to harp on too much because we've already gone over it, but blood run cold. That's a good way to put it, Dave. But for me, that was eternal. Every doink was eternal until like the third one, like you said, Dave, where it started looking like, Oh crap, this is going to go in. And you can go, all right, and Bede's crying in the hall and people are making fun of him for it. And it was just a hard-fought series. 
And you can't even go like, oh, what did we all accomplish this year? And yeah, it was a team to be proud of. Yeah, it was a team to enjoy, but... That's bringing me down. Yeah, it didn't get us very far. <laughs> breaking your heart again. You want to change topics to something else that broke Yeah, talk about, talk about some hockey uh, heartbreaks. Yeah, stuff. let's talk about it, because I'm not naming... My trend is not to name the people that hurt us. It's the one that got people that get hurt. You know, it right. was the 96... 97 Philadelphia Flyers. I was hoping that you would grab this one because it certainly was. I figured you would. Yeah. yeah, it hurts. It still hurts to this day. It was just expectations. You totally know, winnable. and what's what? It's totally winnable. I oh, mean. <laughs> I, well, it was. They, the Flyers had lost three games to get to the Stanley Cup final 4 1, 4 1, 4 1. And then we get fucking swept and i think i along with a lot of people were underestimating the red wings at that time because they'd underachieved uh since like 93 you know 92 oh, i'm sorry you're talking about 97 yeah oh okay okay i'm sorry oh, what year do you think i, I had the wrong about? i had the wrong i thought you meant the the uh, what is it the o with the 2010 yeah or yeah, four yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever the Blackhawks one, yeah. The Blackhawks one, that's most comparable to the quadruple doink with the Leighton goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, Leighton uh, goal. But that, at least, they made it to the Stanley Cup final. They had right. that 3-0 comeback. They weren't supposed to, to make it that far. They sort of overachieved, and then everything went to hell. Lindros, this was supposed to be his first of many cups. He was the next one. You had the great one. You had Super Mario. Now it was the next one in Lindros. And it was his first Stanley Cup final. And it was supposed to be his first Stanley Cup win. And never saw it again. The The Flyers wouldn't see it again for 13 years. And just to lose. Just get your ass handed to you. And... It was we had no we had no plan to beat the left wing lock. You know, we lucked out on facing the trap, but I was certain that the Flyers were winning the Stanley Cup. I was certain of it. Yeah. And the fact that it's just like not only did we lose, we got swept and in an embarrassing fashion against this Red Wings team. That I know I I was mocking. It's like, oh, they can't win. They had their chance. They choke it away. The Red Wings cannot win. Well, they certainly could. They won in 97. They won in 98. They won in 2002, I think. It's just, it hurts to this day. And they never got back. They never, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals in, what, 2000? Then again in 2004. And that was... That was it's that. one of those. Th- I think that that series is one of those things where it's like in the moment, like it hurts more now than it did in the moment because in the moment you're like, well, we'll be back. I mean, it's Legion of Doom. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be even. We're gonna come back. We're gonna be even better. And now looking back and say like, ow, that was that group's <laughs> one chance. Like, yeah, that oh, was the high water mark. Oh shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I get that, and that does make it sting. That, I think, keeps the sting around. Yeah. But you ever – I don't know if anyone has ever fancied themselves good at poker <laughs> or just, like, you really think you're hot shit at something, and you take, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you sit yeah. down at the table and go, I'm going to show them. I'm, I've cleaned up all the house games. I've cleaned up all the limit games. Uh occasional low limit Omaha. I've cleaned up there. I'm coming to this no limit table and I'm going to kick ass. And then you completely shit the bed. You're flat broken 15 minutes. You're flat yeah, broken 15 yeah. minutes. It's like it, like the, the farting balloon noise just <laughs> happened. And that was the end of it. And that was the end of that, that 97 series. Who thought this was a good idea? we were gonna tell like funny stories about like you know people that we were like mad at now but uh <laughs> didn't quite didn't quite jive that way um <laughs> all right, is it my turn yeah it's your turn okay your uh i'm gonna put i'm putting billy wagner 
Uh, I'm going to nominate Billy Wagner. I'm going to keep using that wrong vernacular. I'm going to put, I'm going to say <laughs> Billy Wagner um, for a couple of reasons. Well, so one is the way he left and some of the things he said about Philadelphia when he left, because I always had, I always held Billy Wagner in really high regard. Uh, when he was an Astro, I was really excited to get him. Uh, I, I, I feel like he's a fringe hall of fame uh, closer. Um, he had some great, great seasons uh, with the Phillies. And then basically to come out and say, you have to be perfect to play in Philadelphia. You can't give up a run. You have to hit a home run every time you're at bat. Uh, I was really sensitive about people wanting him to throw a hundred miles an hour, which is, I mean, and I think like later in his life, he has come out and recognized his reaction to Philadelphia and his teammates in Philadelphia as somewhat childish. Um, I know like Pat Burrell supposedly called him a rat or somebody called him a rat when he, when he left for the Mets, but whatever. Um, but then to, on top of that was the Oh five Phillies who were racing against the Astros uh, for the, you know, the wild card. It was relatively new, I guess, then the, the wild card position in the playoffs. And we have a three game series against the Astros and we get swept and in the last game of that series, Craig Biggio hits a three-run homer off of uh, uh, Billy Wagner uh, to basically end our season. And then we finished one game behind the Astros in the wild card chase that year. So, you know, I, I can I can forgive I can forgive you for for the for you know giving up that that home run. Uh, but then you just had to like throw some salt on that wound by uh, you know talking talking trash about about Philadelphia fans when you leave to go to the Mets. So it's really like a triple <laughs> triple heartbreak <laughs> play um, there. So that, that I put Billy Wagner uh, on my list. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that again, somebody started off so excited and then he left. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> like good riddance. I'm sorry we cheered for you when you threw the ball fast. <laughs> Gene, what do you got? So um and I I Chuck, I hope that this doesn't snake your your last uh you know your last one, but I'll I'll go ahead and complete the Canadian uh circuit and uh I will put uh what is probably when you talk about Philadelphia heartbreak and you're of our age the quintessential moment, unless you hate baseball, uh, of our lives. And I, I, I got to be honest, it's it's hard to to decide who you would want to put as the thing that broke your heart in this situation. <laughs> um, maybe it's Jim Fergosi. Yeah, you got three options there. Uh, <laughs> I got to be honest, to me, it's not Mitch. Um, I don't think he should have been in that game. And I think that I, I knew that then and I know it now. Um, you know, do you fault Joe Carter for doing exactly what he's paid to do? I don't know. Um, but I, I, what I will say is that moment, that was, you know, there is a there is a def, definite break in my life. There is before the 93 okay. fills and there is after the 93 fills. Uh, specifically, so there, is, there is before game six and there is after game six. And... Um, there is nothing more clear in my memory as being at my grandparents' house, watching that game, um, being the only one still awake in the house. My grandparents went to bed shortly after the news, I think, most nights. Um, so, uh, you know, that feeling of just watching this whole, this whole thing take place all by myself and having been so in love with that team, like that was the first – team maybe the first thing outside of my immediate family that I truly loved um because I had grown up with such bad baseball there was there was no such thing as good baseball in my life up to that point I was made fun of for wearing Phillies hats when I would go to school when you would get assigned to little league if you got put on the Phillies team uh that meant that you were going to clearly be just by the color that you wore even though they were the hometown team you would have to be awful it was not allowed that a team in my little league be allowed to wear maroon and be good um 
so to 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 sort of feel elevated that the Phillies had finally come along and they had produced so many heroes, Dutch Dalton, uh, Lenny Dykstra, uh, you know, all of these guys that you you just came to to love, and then to just watch that that ball go over the over the wall in Toronto and just the way that that Joe Carter ran the bases. This is like I've told you, I've seen that moment three times since I saw it live when I was twelve. Um. 13. It, 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 I, I don't need to see it again. I can see everything. You know, the blue of the uniform st- still makes my stomach turn. Um, you know, we went in a pilgrimage to Sky Dome. I think it was actually still Sky Dome then. Uh, yeah. to, sort of, to sort of sit in this in the place where our childhood ended. Um, <laughs> and I rem- and, and Jim Fergosi was there. He was managing the, the Blue Jays at the nice. time. Um, and I remember <laughs> we were the only ones, but we were booing him. When he came on, <laughs> um, so I, I just feel like we couldn't have done this list without without paying oh uh, playing homage or 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 putting in uh, into the ether, or putting into our heart shaped boxes, uh, the maybe the most heartbreaking one of them all. It was uh, Joe Carter hitting a home run to beat the Phillies in Game Six of the World Series in 1993. It was definitely the only time I've ever cried based on sports. I mean, I I wept myself to sleep that night. I don't think I went that far, but I I remember just staring up at the ceiling, going like, "Oh, it!" I think you put it so well, Gene, when you said that we were like people before the '93 World Series and people afterwards, because <laughs> it was the end of innocence. It really was. <laughs> it was. You know, something I'm not going to get into with what I was talking about, but it was for some other contenders. It always felt like we just missed everything. You know, being being the age we were, you know, born in 79 or 80. Like you just heard about all these things that just happened. So you kind of always thought it was the next one was coming soon. Yeah, the last championship was the 83 Sixers before 93 World Series. Yeah. There was no such like there there was nothing in our consciousness that was a title. You know, that wouldn't come yeah. until wait. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. And but it felt like, okay, we've been waiting for a bit now. Now it's time. We didn't feel so like we're never gonna win. We didn't feel so cursed, but it was it just seemed like okay, now is the time. You know, from a hockey perspective, it was like I just missed the Broad Street bullies. I just missed the Miracle on Ice. I just missed the 80 Phillies. I just missed the 76ers. The Eagles' only Super Bowl appearance at that time. And, okay, now it was happening. 93 Phils. Everyone was caught up in it. The hat on Billy Penn. And <laughs> I there it is. Would Corey Matthews have been a Phillies fan if not for the 93 Phillies? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. All right, Chuck, that bring is, us home. That's the celebrity uh, I most resemble, by the way. That's true. I can see that. Right? That that's is very true. True. That's true. Yeah, I had a girlfriend in high school that I think wanted me just because I look like Ben Savage. <laughs> I played that to Look, the- you got to take what you can get, you know. Exactly. It was way better than Screech, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Speaking of the dead tonight, that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw out a quick honorable mention. Um, two teams, the U.S. women's uh, national uh, hockey team, and the U.S. men's national hockey team, the teams that went to Sochi. <sighs> Kelly Stack hit the freaking post in the empty net, and the women wouldn't win after dominating Canada for four years, but they, they won gold in 2018. That keeps I remember watching that game when it happened. Oh, I was at work and was listening to it and watching the IIHF like digital updates yeah. uh, while that game was going on. And then the men's team that was playing a great, Olympic tournament and then Canada came and Dan Bilesman decided like, Hey, let's throw out everything we've been doing for success and try to win one, nothing. And that's pretty much the score that I think the U S lost by. Um, so those are honorable or dishonorable mention of American teams that made me sad, but <laughs> we're going back to a hometown team. We're going back to the Philadelphia Phillies 
and the 2011 Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, yeah. It's tough because, you know, it was always, oh, if a team wins a championship, they get at least five years to do whatever. But when you're actually in the moment winning it in 08, going back in 09, okay, 10, we fell a little short by not making it to the World Series, but it was just a little short. 11, this is the best Phillies team we've had of the lot. And it was like you turn your head and we were out of the playoffs. You know, it was that short series to lose it to the Cardinals and baseball heaven. And Anthony freaking Gargano talking about, like, this is the year. It's baseball heaven. You know, you look and you got Doc and you got... So it's oh. the team you weighed your whole life for. Yeah, yeah, team you weighed your whole life for. And a long weekend later, and they're out of the playoffs. And that was the one where they, they lost that 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 game five one nothing right one nothing with Roy yeah. Howdy gave up the first uh, the inning and the, uh, gave up the run in the first inning too yeah, yeah and Ryan Howard's Achilles blew up it not only did it like end the the it was so much like it, it in retrospect it became such an that game literally that game five sort of became like a microcosm of of that whole experience that whole era of baseball sort of just imploding or exploding like like Ryan Howard's uh ankle. He was never the same. Uh, yeah. the pitching staff sort of broke broke apart. Um they, they just it's it's like they just got old before our eyes. It's like it's like suddenly the Cardinals hit them with kryptonite and 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 sucked up all their power because I think the Cardinals went on and won the World Series that year and I think a, again two years later. So yeah. um it was crazy. Yeah, it, it, it was like the the challenger, the Hindenburg. It was just going from we are a perennial contender, we are the Yankees of the National League. We are we're gonna buy whoever we do we need and whatever, and we'll be back there. And just like that, boom, over, done, window closed, and a lot of misery um, up until today. So. <laughs> I hope people are at least drinking oh. from Hardy Girl. I hope, like, they say I, mean, the I feel better ring. now. I, I feel better now. Yeah, I <laughs> got it off ready. the chest. I'm ready for Lent. I'm. I think. Um. I think I can. I can. I can quit. Um. Thinking about um bad sports moments. I think that's. Yeah, you know what? This is the perfect moment for is 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 spring training and uh, pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. If you're watching us, they report today. If you're listening to us. Um, so, I mean, that's actually all the time we have for today. So we will be back next week where we're going to, uh, talk spring training. We're going to talk a Herrera, uh, being at camp. We're going to talk Tahoe. We're going to talk Wentz trade maybe, uh, but uh, your, here's your weekly reminder. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. Uh, be sure to check out and follow the Painted Lines for all your Philly sports coverage. Um, and until next week, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.